0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 52 of Bleeding Blue. And today we are going to be talking Giants with the best damn fan podcast covering the Giants out there. Bobby Skinner and Danny Boy King from Talking Giants are here. So without further ado, let's talk Giants. And Bobby, what are we going to do? Let's bleed blue. <laughs>
1: Ah, uh, that's great. That, so that, that was wonderful.
2: Here. That was wonderful. That was enthusiasm. That's, that's right. <laughs> nine thirty at great.
0: night. Yeah, yeah, we are we are doing this at nine thirty at night. Um, so David, that's been a that's been a theme of ours lately. Yeah, let's we've been let's just record. Let's just record late at night so we Can get we the loopy the loopy versions of all four of us. <laughs> All right, so how's everyone doing? Danny Danny Boy King, we're going to start with you, and then we'll go down the line here. How is everybody doing entering into this space? What's your headspace like entering into this
1: conversation? My, my headspace is very clear right now. I mean, I have no idea how this is going to go. This could go extremely well, or we could say something that gets us all in trouble. So it's one of the two, but I'm doing good on this. What's today? Wednesday night. Wednesday night as we're filming this.
0: Yeah, 9.30 at night with four people who – all relatively know each other and are coming together to collab on something. You know, who who knows what's going to happen, but I'm excited for it. Uh, David double underscore Powis. How are you?
2: I'm good. I appreciate you plugging my Twitter handle. I'm good. Doing well. Doing well. I'm, I really can't handle these late night podcasts, though, so Justin. We got to work on this. This is too much for me, but my headspace is clear. My headspace is clear.
3: Last but not least, Bobby Skinner. I'm doing good, fellas. Glad to finally be on. In a good mood on the way, I was just driving home and and making weird noises to myself. So that's how you know I got good energy. I just you know driving down the street, going, did it do, do 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 and that's that's I always know when I'm in a good mood when I'm doing that. Instead of telling the radio people to shut up, that that's when I'm in a good mood. So I'm glad to be here, guys. <laughs>
0: All right, I love it. I love it. I love it. I feel like this has been a it's been a, it's, I feel like it's been a long time coming because uh, I feel like uh, Bobby, we just uh, we just got finished with. Uh, I was featured on Talking Giants. Now, I want to say this. I wanna, first of all, I want to thank you. But here are the names that have been featured on the Talking Giants podcast so far. Rich Seibert, a, uh, a Super Bowl champion, a two-time Super Bowl champion. Am I correct in saying a two-time Super Bowl champion?
3: He He actually left the year before the second one. But I still feel like he was a part of that team somehow.
0: Right. So metaphorically, he has two Super Bowl rings, but physically he has one. Where in the Jacobs is a two time Super Bowl champion. Both of those players have been interviewed on Talking Giants. Two of the best beat reporters, Dan Duggan and Dan Schneier, have also been interviewed on Talking Giants and featured on Talking Giants. And then lastly, but not least, but I would say least. I would actually say least.
3: No, the least was John Hilleman running.
0: Oh, yeah, oh, oh right. no.
3: Oh, no. I, I, <laughs> Here it is. I've, I've come to know that, like, Listen, I'd take what I can get with interviews. We get – play like, I love to get player interviews. But a lot of times, you know, you have an undrafted rookie free agent. And, like, they can't say anything dumb, but they won't say anything. They've been just taught – they've been taught to say nothing at all. Mm -hmm. So, I'll be like – like, I remember in that interview, I was like, hey, man, like, at rookie camp, any of those other guys, like, stick out to you? He's like, no, I'll just focus on myself. I'm like, really, man? Like, there was not one other guy (laughs) you noticed at the rookie camp? So I just ended it at eight minutes. So we went like 30 minutes. So that's how you know I, I was having a good time.
0: The, uh, the funny thing is, is that I actually went to high school with Jonathan Hillman. You was did. he as boring then as he was on our interview? I never spoke to him. <laughs> he was
3: a very good football player. No, he, he was, never spoke. He was well, just Justin, focusing on himself. Justin, yeah. he, was, he, was, he was
2: too boring for you to be hanging out with. That's what it was.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, He was, was. Definitely, definitely too boring. I'm too much of an exciting person. All right, yes.
3: And you forgot Tay Davis, who I interviewed at the Pro Bowl and forty five degree rain in the back of like a little smart car, and i'm like I'm like a, like a hundred pounds bigger than him, and it was pretty tight
0: all right <laughs> all right, so uh talking giants fellas uh why don't just in case the the three people that listen to my podcast who don't listen to your podcast uh why don't you introduce yourselves, tell us what you're about, tell us where we can find you, and then uh i have I have a question about just who you guys are, and then, you know, kind of like your journey so far as a podcast. So don't tell too much about in your introductory thoughts because I still want to hear more about you. Danny Boy King, why don't we start off with you? Who the heck are you?
1: Well, I'm just some, some kid that uh, that I was working for at Wegren, and then Bobby stumbled across from me. He's like, You want to do this podcast? And I was like, Sure, I got nothing better to do. And then it basically took off from there. Yeah, no, yeah. It was just it's been a fun journey to get to the point we are now. Now this being a first interview I'm ever doing. So, you know, journeys, here we go. First time ever. So no yeah, I've been it was just fun. Like I, I started off by putting like maybe one or two things on my Twitter, getting you know, the casual zero likes. But now I get three likes and I'm jumping for joy. I'm like, this is my time. I'm taking over right now. You can <laughs> find me at Danny King on Twitter.
0: And you were part at, of at the a, uh you were part of the Giants Nation Twitter page for a little while too, right?
1: Yeah, I I, I did a live coverage of the games on that that that's where i really got my time started i my first game was the washington redskins game and that was just you know a fun game to live tweet about i got a lot of interactions there and that's really where this love for this uh to do this podcast developed really awesome awesome
0: and you bobby
3: all right so you're telling me to not say too much or what because i could talk for like 20 minutes on this whole journey (laughs) even though nobody cares
0: here, Allah, uh, So, so don't tell too much. Tell us where we can find you. Even though I think people know where we can find you.
3: I guarantee you, there's people that listen to you that don't listen to us. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I, I tweet pretty much solely about the Giants. Like nine out of nine and a half out of every ten tweets are about the Giants. Uh, you can follow me at Bobby Skinner NFL. Me and Danny put the NFL at the end of our handles. One because neither of our names are. Like are are available because some guy that tweeted six years ago owns oh, Apple app Bobby Skinner. And the NFL just makes you seem so much more important than you really are.
0: <laughs> that is true. This is true. All right. So this is kind of the the first question I want to ask. And this is kind of like about your journey so far as talking giants, because actually you know, believe it or not, you guys have been grinding out content this entire offseason, and it's only been in 2019 you start. So that's kind of crazy and how far you guys have come. Uh, especially shout out to uh, John Boy Media, who is John Boy's absolutely awesome. I talk about him often. So, basically, I want to ask you two to start off describe and go into what it is like to be podcasting within the Giants community, interacting with Giants Twitter, and how having a voice has been different than just casually being a fan. So, I want to talk you guys to talk a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, I'll lead it off. Um, so, I guess I'll get, like, do a quick journey until, you know, we join John Boy. Uh, me and my buddy Zach started Simple Man Radio a little over a year ago. You know, just talking national sports. And when we first started, it's like, okay, let's see what happens. Let's have a little fun, make some jokes. Um, and then episode three, like, I was going to, like, okay, I'll do interviews with my buddy from college who, you know, plays in NFL Europe. And I know this guy and, and some, like, people, uh, like, music, musical artists. And I was like, well, you know, we'll get them on. I have to, you know, help some other people out. And then Shane Smith, who was the fullback at the time for the New York Giants, he gave us an interview on episode three. And then it turned into Kamoko Ture from the Colts. I sent him a DM and he answered. And I I love the guy, but I didn't like, he probably didn't realize how like low budget we were. Mm. Um, And then it just turned into interview after interview. And the more you get on your resume, the more you're like, Hey, Brandon Jacobs have had these people on this people on. And so it just turned into that. Um, And then uh, around February last year, you know, me and Danny, you know, we are uh, with Wegren, star of the Giants Nation podcast. Uh, and then uh, got hooked up with John Boy. Um, John Boy, well, we got hooked up with Jake. Uh, pro- actually, when the Yankees were in the playoffs, you know, I was posting stuff from the Superman Radio Instagram. They fall, they, you know, they do the, you know, the follow for follow thing. And I was like, oh, let's get, you know, let's, I had no idea who they were, never even listened to an episode. I was like, all right, let's get this guy on on the show. He's got a lot of followers. And then, so that just turned into a relationship. And then uh, eventually, we talked about, you know, turning the Giants Nation podcast and the talking giants and Simple Man Radio coming over. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun, man. And we've just been, like you said, grinding out content, trying to get stuff out quickly when it happens. And, you know, when Odell gets traded, there's a bump. When the day after the draft, there's a bump. And, you know, just taking advantage of every uh, opportunity we can get.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Danny Boyd King, tell us about your journey so far as a podcaster and, and as a voice of the Giants community.
1: Yeah, I, I already said, obviously, I started with Wegren. then we went to John Boy with the Talk of Giants. But it's, it's just been fun to interact with people that usually you wouldn't interact with before. As Bobby said, during the draft time, just the interaction, we got to talk about Daniel Jones, Shane Ximenez, DeAndre Baker. It's just been fun to see this whole process grind out to the way it is. And as you said, it's only been one year. We started this back in like, yeah, February, the week before or after the Super Bowl, and now... We're, we're almost at the start of the official NFL season, so the, it's only going to get better from here. But, yeah, it's just been fun to have a voice in this community and just have s- some people listen. It's amazing, you know?
3: Yeah, and, and something me and Danny, you know, try to do, um, something I stress, because I used to, you know, when we were doing The Silverman, I would tweet, I'd make jokes, but it, it, it was, like, nothing of substance. And so I, mm-hmm. like, in the beginning of the year, I was like, all right, make your stuff matter. Like, make it be, like, a voice people want to hear. So, um, instead of, you know, saying, you know, I don't I don't uh, I don't like Wayne Gallman. I actually like would rather have Rob Martin's running backs. like, no, don't just say that. Pit their stats up and their, their age and stuff like that. And so or show video. So that's what me and Danny trying to stress is not to just have a take, but have evidence when we do have
1: a take. Yeah, that's what I do with my player breakdowns. I, I improved stats, and people like were like, "Ah, oh, but what about this?" And you just have a reason to show back. Be like, "Ah, oh, well, here's that," or you're like, "Oh, well, you're right in that aspect." So that's what we buy. One, we want to put the facts to make sure everyone knows?
0: And I think that's one of the main differences between where you are putting yourself out there. You're putting your face, you're putting your voice, you're putting your opinion. You're putting a you're putting a lot on out there on the line. You know, not to get too dramatic, but when you release something. You're, put, you're, you're putting yourself out there to be open to criticism, to be open to be praised, to be hoping to be, you know, hoping to be ripped apart. Um, and, and I know I'm one who, you know, I'm open to all of those things because the more that you interact with me, the more that, number one, I learn. I feel like I just love learning, including when I'm wrong. But especially the whole interaction piece of just getting different opinions, it's, it's been really fun. It's been really, really fun, at least for me. And I can imagine it's been kind of the same sense for you guys as well.
3: Yeah, man. Like you said, just continue, like, learning, you know, and, you know, be like, hey, how do, you, how do you, you know, bouncing stuff off other people? So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, man. And like, like you said, man, we haven't even had games to talk about yet. So, we're getting, uh, we're getting pumped for that. I'm, I'm so pumped for preseason week one more than I ever have been. And I, I get pumped. Like, Hall of Fame game, I get extremely pumped for. And then, like, you know, after the first quarter, it's like, all right, I'm, right, I'm looking at my phone more than the screen. But still, I'm just pumped for football, boys. I know you guys are too. Oh, yeah. I
2: actually have to say, I I haven't really spoken much, a little insider information here. I haven't spoken much to to either Danny or Bobby. This is actually the first time we're actually talking. I mean, I've been listening to you guys, but I have to say, like, I'm relatively new to um, Giants Twitter. Obviously, I, I I follow the Giants religiously, but I really only got involved with Giants Twitter recently, and... I think Justin, it was you. I think Justin, like, kind of pointed out Bobby, uh, you to me as like somebody I should follow to like just, just you know, to see some valuable information on my Twitter feed for once. And I got to say, both of you guys, you do a great job. You, you put out informative information, and you don't make it like a. You don't. You don't. You're not ready for an argument. You're not looking for an argument. You're just saying this is what I think, and this is why it makes sense. And I'm going to try to help you maybe see something you haven't seen before. And I think that's really valuable in what can often be a very toxic environment and, and opinionated for absolutely no reason.
3: No, I appreciate that. And I'm like ready to argue. I, I think you guys have noticed there's there's a few times where I'm like, all right, today's going to be a day I'm going to go at it. <laughs> um, and I really do choose those days.
0: When Bobby uh, feels petty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's there's there's usually Bobby. the
3: day after the Giants like post a clip of Daniel Jones and people are over like – I'm like, "Ah, the release looks weird. I'm like, come on. What are we doing here? But I I remember, like you said, like, I know, like, when uh, I I just put Daniel Jones and Justin Herbert's numbers next to each other because everyone's like, Justin Herbert's this, this, that. Everyone, Justin Herbert's so great. And Daniel Jones' numbers are actually better than him, but everyone, like, cursed Daniel Jones' numbers. And I made a point to not even put an opinion with it. I just put the numbers and watched chaos go off. And I literally heard the people who were like, you're, you're a, uh, a Daniel Jones stan, you're just saying all this stuff because he's on the Giants, say the exact same arguments that people – like, well, Justin Herbert had drops and he didn't have talent. Um, it's like, man, that sounds a lot like a guy I know. But, yeah, so if I know it's going to start an argument, I won't give the strongest opinion. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's fun, man. It's fun to watch the world crash and burn – the Twitter crash and burn sometimes. <laughs>
1: Daniel Jones starts it all. You mentioned something good about him. You got about 20 people coming in with the, all the bad about him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, Bobby, that's a great transition because my first kind of big topic question, I have kind of two big topic questions, actually three, three big topic questions for uh, the two of you. So, Bobby, I'm going to start with you because you've had an off season full of in depth. And when I mean in depth, um, you look up in depth in the dictionary you see Bobby Skinner's face and all the breakdowns that he's done this off season uh, as the definition. So you, in my opinion, you've produced the most content out of any giants creator this off season. And most famously your Daniel Jones threads where you rewatched every snap. Then you rewatched every attempt over 20 yards. Then you rewatched every third down. Then you rewatched whenever he went and he took a dump and you analyzed all of it. (laughs) He's got (laughs) pretty, you know, his dumps smell nice. Uh, (laughs) All right, so uh, Bobby, give us some uh, give us some lessons some themes that you have learned about Daniel Jones that are most important to know as a Giants fan. so maybe just the, some of the top things that you can pull from your head. I know you did that I know you did those threads a while back so you mentioned the comparison between him and Justin Herbert, but what are some other things that you pulled from your in-depth observations?
3: Well basically it was looking for what the flaw like you know one you just want to watch and see what it is and then honestly everything, that I've done was by someone saying like, no, he sucks. His deep ball is horrible. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I got to watch every single deep ball. And I'm like, oh, well, he sucks on third down. I was like, all right, well, I guess I got to go watch every third down. Um, you know, the breakdowns were really the only thing, that, or, the, or the threads were the only ones that I just like, all right, let's do this. So people say he doesn't have a strong uh, – his arm strength is very weak. Now I don't think he has the strongest arm in the world. I don't think he had like Justin Herbert does have a stronger arm. Josh Allen has a strong arm. There's not he's not a strong arm quarterback. But I went and looked, and there wasn't a single throw where it's like, man, if he just if he got that in there a little quicker, that's a that's a score. Like I I asked, and I was like, and I and I, I was like, questioning. I was like, was there one? Was there one? And going on to rewatch them. Like there's not one. Like find me one. And they you know they do the velocity numbers of the combine. He's like I think he's like the same as Donald and Rosen. Or if not, like a mile or two per hour off. But he's like he's in line with, you know, first round quarterbacks. So the arm strength it doesn't seem like an issue to me. And by the way, aren't like how many times do we fall in love with these strong arm quarterbacks like Josh Allen and they're just not good players? And I'm not am not even talking about Jamarcus Russell because he just didn't put in the work. He could have been a good QB. And two the drops, man, the drops were unbelievable. I mean, I don't understand. Maybe he did because I only watched like play like clip by clip instead of like watching a you know a three hour game. So maybe he did blow up a time or two, but man, I, I don't understand how he didn't yell at his guys because I was yelling at them at the screen. Um, I think he, th- he had 38 drops on the whole season. Um, on third down, he had, uh, 15 drops and on deep balls, you know, 20 plus yards in the air from the line of scrimmage, he had 14 drops on 44 attempts. Wow. Um, his completion percentage on deep balls goes from 27% to 59% when, when, uh, when, when he throws the ball deep, and he threw the ball deep at 11% rate, um, and everyone said, Haskins, Haskins, he even throws the ball downfield. Well, he actually threw the ball downfield at a lower rate than Jones and at a lesser percentage when you include drops. Haskins only had four drops. And, you know, Haskins' percentage jumps from 43 to 50, while you know, Jones jumps from 27 to 59. Uh, he had nobody at Duke. I mean, there was just no, like, playmakers. In the Temple game, you see some of his guys make plays, but it wasn't even like they, like, you know, broke three tackles it was just like an outside shoulder throw. The corner jumped, and then they have the whole field in front of him. And then on uh, his third down, he was 47 for 88, uh, 517 yards, eight touchdowns, two interceptions. So I, I, I didn't do the completion percentage math in my head. But, uh, oh, yeah, I did. It goes, so that's 53%. But once you include the 15 drops, it jumps to 70%. Um, now, not every single one of those was you know, behind you know, the yellow line. But nonetheless, he was completing passes on third down, right. um, and he's just a gamer. I mean, he—he he, like people say, like you know, he's—he's uh, he's not competitive. Like uh, Dan Orlovsky's, and I know I'm rambling and going on forever right now. But Dan Orlovsky, like I got into it with him, pretty bad because he just gave a lazy take. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he—he, he I'm I'm convinced that because Dwayne Haskins came on, get up on ESPN, that he's like I'm going to pick this guy because I'm going to pander to him. He's on my show. Daniel Jones is never coming on the show, and he's too nice to ever fire back. And he said, oh, well, he's – and he used that temple throw, which was his worst, like, maybe his second or third worst decision of the season, saying, like, when A plus B uh, doesn't equal C, it goes wrong. And I went back and watched, every, like, all Josh Rosen's throw, who, you know, Orvloski loves from I know, the exact same play. It's like, okay, maybe college QBs make a mistake here or there. But the thing – I don't even care about him not liking Jones. His take of – Oh well, Daniel Jones, he's just—I just—I feel like he's too aw shucks to win. It's like, what the hell does that even mean, Dan Orlovsky? He's too aw shucks. And then I posted that clip. Um, this was like right after the draft, where it's fourth and one. The running back is getting tackled as he, he's handed the ball off to the running back, and he's pretty much getting tackled. Jones rips the ball out of his hand and and gets the first down and like dives forward. And I'm like, is that too aw shucks? The guy and the guy like, and he needs to do this. He never goes down. When he's getting tackled, I I, there wasn't maybe like one or two times where he was getting tackled and he just went down. Where it's like, dude, just go down, you're being wrapped up by two guys. Um, unless you're like, unless it's a Super Bowl, like Eli Manning, just go down. Um, you know, he so he did take some unnecessary hits, but like, I just what about him is all shucks besides his like personality off the field, which is like, well, don't we kind of want that in our quarterbacks? I mean, I'm not saying to be the most passive guy in the world, but I'd rather have that than you know what Baker Mayfield does. Um, and Baker Mayfield, I kind of like that about him. But there's times where it's like, dude, just kind of get over, like the Hugh Jackson thing. And I don't want to get into that. But anyways, I just don't understand where this, like, where, that was just a bad take. Um, and there's guys like Jeff Swart. Like, when Baldy did the, like, he did a, a breakdown on his runs. And Jeff Swart, who I think, I guess we're calling out, I'm calling out names right now. But I, I think he's one of the laziest people in sports media. Oh and he just he watches that breakdown, so he clearly hasn't seen any of Daniel Jones' film. He all he's seen was Baldy's breakdown and saying running quarterbacks can't win. It's like, dude, are you serious? You think Daniel Jones is a running quarterback just because he can run a little bit? Like, what what about his tape makes you think Daniel Jones is like this read option Lamar Jackson? Like, like what do you like? What are you talking about? And that's just a lazy take. Just say, oh, running quarterbacks don't win. It's like, yeah, I get the odds aren't against them, but how about judge each guy individually? So yeah, I I just ripped off for like 10 minutes, but that's, that's where I'm at at Daniel Jones. Like, yeah, he doesn't have the greatest honor strength in the world, but it's more than adequate. Um, I love his decision-making. Um, he does take chances and I, I just, I don't know where a lot of the hate came from people just repeating people on TV. And I don't blame like regular people for that. Like I'm not expecting you to be a, a freak like me and go and watch his tape five times. Like, like don't do that. Like if you're a normal human being, don't do that. <laughs> but my problems with the people on TV who, like, get paid to do this. It's like, man, you couldn't find a couple hours each day to, like, look at the first-round quarterbacks at least. So that's where I'm at with Daniel Jones. So I don't know if I answered anything. That was beautiful.
0: <laughs> no, you deserve, you deserve a standing ovation after that.
3: <laughs> I can't believe I was talking for that long. But we haven't done, like, Daniel Jones, like, talk in a while. You know, we'll talk about here and there. And so that was, like, five episodes just put in the one right there.
2: <laughs> really briefly, I want to point out, you, you mentioned that like, oh, that like aweshucks shucks mentality. And I think it's so funny because I'm pretty sure I've heard people talk about Eli Manning with the uh, like all shucks mentality. And it took him winning a Super Bowl four years into his career for that to find to, for the all shucks personality to go from a weakness to a strength. So I think I, I, I think that's that's so overblown. And it's so lazy among Giants fans because. We've seen that Josh's personality win a lot of football games. So I think it's so interesting.
3: Yeah, it really is, man. And, and it's like yeah, like and I like like when Brady goes off. I like that. I like when it's it's here and there, but like I mean, would you rather have I don't know. It's like why do you, why is being composed like a bad thing? Like I if he just doesn't care and he's like, I'm trying to think of a QB who didn't care. I don't want to, I don't want bombed on DeMarcus or Marcus Russell <laughs> twice in one show. But <laughs> Uh, like a Jake Locker, like okay, like if you're like okay, this guy doesn't really love the game, but everything about this, like like all like the stuff we've heard from behind the scenes from teammates, it's like all this
0: guy does cares about is football. Yeah, one of the things that I I've started to begin to understand, not only just from the help of yourself, but also re-watching every single 2018 offensive snap, like I'm doing, is that Daniel Jones probably. Arguably, out of this year's QBs and also the 2018 QBs that were in that draft class, Daniel Jones probably fits best what Pat Shermer wants to do on his offense better than any other quarterback. He has the strength of his versatility that he can move. He has great, he has pretty good pocket awareness. He reminds me, this is pretty much the only area, maybe, where he does remind me of Eli Manning when Eli Manning was earlier in his career. And that's his ability to stay in the pocket keep his eyes downfield, and deliver a throw. That is one thing that Eli Manning did have in his prime, and he was the goddamn best in the NFL at doing it. Um, so really, that's my – I have definitely been flipped, and it's been through you know watching film, watching these breakdowns, reading about Daniel Jones, and shooing away from the national headlines and the national hot takes of, oh, just because this guy doesn't do one thing flashy, that means that he is going to be – a bad football player. And that's just a lazy take, as you pointed out.
3: Yeah. And it's like, it was at Duke. So it's hard to learn, like learn about a guy when he's just not on TV. Like I get that. And like I said before, like, like I don't expect people to go and watch every time. that's why I'm never like, unless somebody is just like completely like, I've never been to like a, a rational person online and been like, you don't watch the tape. You don't know what you're talking about. In fact, I, I mean, I don't really tell many people you don't know what you're talking about. Cause I just think it's a jerk thing to say. Right. Um, there's a few times where, like, there was this person the other day, like, I just, like, we're going, like, just saying the dumbest things. And finally, and, like, I pit all, like, those like the third down, the deep ball, I pit them all in blocks for the sole fact of being like, oh, oh, you know what you're talking about, but I don't, and just dropping that. But I only do that to a few people, and they have to be real jerks right. for, for me to be that petty.
1: All right, Danny Boy King, how are you doing over there? I'm doing good after that beautiful uh, uh, statement by Bobby on uh, Daniel Jones. I'm,
0: te- I'm tearing up
1: right now. That, that, was, that,
0: was, that was something. That was, was. a declaration.
3: Yeah, <laughs> They need to play that at my funeral.
0: <laughs> oh, I'll clip it. All right. So uh, Danny Boy King, you yourself have gone into your own in-depth coverage and in-depth threads of almost the entire 2019 Giants roster and Giants team with your own player breakdowns. So basically I want you to give us some, some of your thoughts on that. Who impressed you the most? What was the biggest surprise when you were doing your research? What was the Who biggest was the dis- disappointment? Um, which player during one of their uh, maybe I know because you also put like interviews and that's what also I liked about your your thread is that you put like interviews of players. So you got a different chance to see like a different side of them. So maybe which player during one of their interviews or personal lives stuck out to you the most. And I just gave you a lot of questions. So go with it as you may, please.
1: All right, so obviously chime in uh, if you hear something or hear something you don't like. Cameron pl- Moore, pretty interesting.
0: No, <laughs> right. All right, so it's, ten, pl- it's 10 o'clock at night now. Bobby's getting extra crazy.
1: <laughs> All right, so the player that impressed me the most, I-, I had to go with Aldrick Rosas. Just the improvement from 2017 to 2018 is incredible. His stats right here on 32 32- uh, field goal att- no 33 attempts he made 32 of them he only missed one and he missed one I believe with like a hamstring injury so you can't even get mad at the guy and then at an extra points on 32 attempts he made 31 that because he was in the Washington game the one he missed and it was like 40 to 16 at that point so who cares and Aldrick it was just impressive he was the number one rated kicker by pro football focus, he beat out Justin Tuck, like right there, one of the best kickers in the game who struggled last year, to be honest. But Ald- Alder Gross has beat him out. Last year, he had a 97% completion on field goals compared to a 72 in 2017. So wow. just just the improvement he showed from year one to year two is miraculous in that aspect. So the player that surprised me the most, This I, there could be some biases to it, but I do – it was Grant Haley, the undrafted free agent out of Penn State. He was the 46 ranked uh, cornerback in the NFL by pro football focus. He only he only started playing in 10 – he only played in 10 games. He got more playing time, obviously, after the Eli Apple trade, and he started at 9 in the game after. Just – he's 5'9". He's a small guy. He, he's my height. He's 5'9". But he could hold his own against other quarterbacks. Now, as Bobby pointed out in a Talk of Giants episode – he had, like, 131.1 completions by quarterbacks against him, so he gave up a lot of passes. But in a game that really stuck out to me, especially, like, I feel like the Eagles game against Golden Tate, he held his own pretty well. Not, like, anything miraculous, but he broke up one touchdown pass in that Eagles game, which really didn't help the Giants. that I still lost. But it helped just his improvement from where he started out to being really struggling to the end of the season to being a starting cornerback. It was impressive to watch. And so now... A player like that stuck out to me was John Jalapio. He was drafted six over, in the sixth round by the New England Patriots in 2014. He then got cut at the 53-man roster breakdown. Then he went to Denver. No, he went to the Experimental Football League in the fall. Oh. And, then it, and then in December, he got picked up by Denver, but then he was cut. Then he went to Arizona, and then he was cut right after that. And then after Arizona, no team called. He was it was dead silent for him, and so he then became a used car salesman. He 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 went from top of the world being an in, in the NFL to being in rock bottom selling used cars in Florida. That's crazy. I know. Danny's
3: uh, just killing all the used car salesmen in Florida. Right honestly.
1: <laughs> uh, and, and so now now he's a starting center for the New York Giants, and just just where he went from, as I said, being a used car salesman to now probably going to be the starting center. He beat out his best friend in Brett Jones who, heck, he may him get traded to the Vikings out of all that. So he's just seen John Jalapio's personal life really stuck out to me. It was like, man, that's just that's just awesome right there. And so then a player that didn't really impress me that much, uh, there, there's a few guys that didn't impress me, but uh, if we're going on, I'm going to give two. One that was on the team last year, and then one that really just he joined this year. My first player that I'm going to say didn't impress me that much that just joined the Giants was uh, Marcus Golden. The guy, I mean, yes, he was injured last year, but in, that's not fair. I'm not going to say it because he was injured. I'm going to say Kareem Martin. Kareem Martin, let's go over a player that's on the Giants. Like, he didn't do anything of importance last year. He had, like, a few tackles here and there. He he was just there because he fit James Betcher's scheme. And that's all he was really there for. So I don't like Mar- uh, Kareem Martin. I'm not sure your guys' thoughts on Kareem Martin, but the guy doesn't stand out to me that much. And then the player joined the Giants this year that I just don't get. He was a disappointment to me last year. It was Rod Smith, the running back that from the Dallas Cowboys, mm. uh, he he sat behind Ezekiel. He has he had a few good games. One game I really remember was 2017 when he had like an 82 yard touchdown against the Giants, and watching that was very difficult. Just, I just don't get the sign it because you got Wayne Gallman and Paul Perkins. I feel like Paul Perkins could be the number two running back. But the Giants see something in Rod Smith based on Pat Shermer. He seems to like him as a special teams guy. So my mindset is could he be the running back number three, Paul Perkins two, and Wayne Gallman's off this team? That could be something that could happen in training camp. So, yeah, that that's a lot I just said. But let me know your thoughts on all that.
0: Yeah, I want to I wanna get your thoughts on – Rod Smith, because there have been some people that have brought up the idea, and I don't even know if I agree with this, but there have been some people that brought up the idea that Saquon Barkley is going to be on a uh, 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 maybe an innings limit, if you will, for uh, <laughs> for running backs in the NFL. So he's going to be on a touches limit. So do you think that there could possibly be a – possibility that rod smith could be taking carries away from saquon barkley maybe inside the red zone or in short yard situations is that something that you saw maybe the cowboys use um smith that last year
1: uh i i'm just no i don't see that hey, saquon this offense is gonna be a lot of saquon barkley they're gonna need him to step up big and tina got a game plan him for more i feel like last year they used Wink Gallman in that situation a few times obviously it really didn't work but rod smith He's a more stronger guy than Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman's more that agile guy. You can throw it to him down in a, a check-down situation. He can gain you a few extra yards. Paul Perkins now. So I could see them using Ross Smith in that situation. But if they really wanted to, you got Elijah Penny, the fullback. You can. He has played running back before in his career. You can put him back there, and he can run it right up the middle. You can hope for the best. So I could see Ross Smith being used in that situation, but I wouldn't be excited with him because he's not the best in that aspect. So –
2: Personally, Justin and I—we uh, went over in our last episode. We talked about um, roughly. We 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 roughly got into how many games we expected this team to be, oh my lord to be able to win. Is everything okay there, Danny?
1: No, there's like a thunder.
2: I'm sorry, it just scared. Oh me. yeah, there's terrible storms here too. Yeah, I just got sorry. My bad. <laughs> I was like, man, he really hates where we're going with this. No, no, no. So. Justin and I went over how many uh, games we expected this team to, to, to win. And it when, obviously we didn't do the whole, uh, do the whole, you know, win, loss, win, loss, that, that thing, that really fun thing that everybody enjoys doing. Um, yeah, I know. Bleah. So I'm curious, Justin's curious in order for the giants to make the playoffs this year, the following things must go right.
3: Go. Right, I'll, I'll start it off. And I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you guys. Like, I think we might have to just do an episode where we do our 53-man roster and predict the win-losses, just get the two things I don't want to do out in just one episode. But no, now I'm pretty confident in the playmakers. I don't really know where I'm at, at Eli, but I also know like his arm's still there. So if like, he's willing to get it done, he can get it done. Um, I think it, it all comes down to either the right tackle spot or and left tackle or – James Betcher. And I'm not even going to like single out any defensive players because they are who they are. James Betcher knows that he doesn't have some crazy pass rusher on this team. He knows that he has young DB. So he has, he's known for his schemes, his zone blitzes, um, his, you know, pinning six guys on the line, then dropping three and blitzing the corner. It's I think it's a lot on James Betcher because the defense is sketchy right now. We've got a lot of young guys, but just because the guys are young and talented doesn't mean they're gonna win. So I would say the biggest thing is. James Betcher, like I think he is on, like his job is on the line, like ten times more than than Shermer's is or Gettleman's is. Um, and then on the offense, uh, uh, actually, I'll let Danny say the offense.
1: The offense, uh, well, one, I 100 agree with the defense. This is a proven year for this defense. They have not been good since 2017. They need to be able to get stops and just help the offense out, get the back out on the field. But for the offensive side of things, if the season wants to go right. Uh, I, I really got a, the right tackle spot is a good option, but I feel like that position is going to be shaky either way. I'm going to say tight end. I, we need Evan Ingram, one, to stay healthy. Now, injuries, that's a part of him. We have to take it how it is. But he has a, sometimes a case of the drops, and he dropped some big passes in the early part of last season. He fixed that towards the end. One drop in particular I remember was the Washington Redskins game. when uh, I forgot. We, it was the home Washington Redskins game. So, Evan Ingram, he has all the potential in this world to be a Pro Bowl-type tight end. He He's a nightmare matchup for linebackers. His speed is unmatched. Him and George Kittle are like polar opposites, but George Kittle is obviously much, much better. Uh, Evan Ingram, his speed, as I said, he can run up the seam. No linebackers stand a chance against him. You can give him a quick drag route. He'll take that ball 10, 15 yards more sometimes, so – Evan Ingram needs to be huge for this offense. I feel like Eli needs to have the faith in his tight end. You had Jeremy Shockey, but he got injured in 2007, but Eli had faith in him. You got Kevin Boss in the 2011 season. So Eli likes his tight ends, and even for future use, Daniel Jones liked his tight end out of Duke. Daniel Jones and Evan Ingram, they need to be a thing. But this season, it needs to be Eli and Evan Ingram on that offense because they Eli, he just needs to have some options more as well. So how
0: we're going to wrap up and want to thank you guys for your time. You guys are absolutely awesome. Uh, this has been a ton, a ton of fun. But one of the things that we did towards the end of our interview with Dan Schneier is we did a word association game. So basically we gave him a, a word that was prevalent in Giants land or, you know, he went to the University of Wisconsin. So we so we threw out like uh, the University of Minnesota uh, which is a rival Big Ten school, and his, and, his, and his comment was safety school, and I thought that was the biggest shots fired. I loved, it. I loved I, it. You know what? Screw the University of Minnesota.
3: I played college in Minnesota, and I'm a Florida guy, so you know the U is the U, and that's a national thing. But they all call the University of Minnesota the U, and it, almost, it kind of made me a Hurricane fan because I was just defending it so much there. So Minnesota <laughs> people, stop calling Minnesota the U. So, you and Dan Schneier have that connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll Have to bring that up next. So
2: time. Bleeding Blue Podcast has just become like enemies of the state of Minnesota. That that's that's what I'm hearing from this conversation. <laughs> Pretty
3: much. <laughs> awesome.
0: All right, so uh, Bobby, we'll start off with you and Danny. Uh, no, we'll go to both. We'll go to both of you. But Bobby, this is especially this first one is directed especially towards you. Our first word is Jersey burning.
3: Oh, the greatest thing to ever happen online. I. It just, it just really is. Like, the people who are like, oh, that's dumb. It's like, yeah, I know it's dumb, but it's so entertaining. Um, and it's just true fandom. I love it. Obviously, there's some people who are doing it just for the likes and retweets. But I just think it's one of the best things of all time. As soon as a guy leaves a team, I'm looking for jersey burnings. Um, it's, it's just one of my favorite things of all time.
1: Uh, the word I'm gonna use is uh it's just it's just stupid. I mean, like I I I I have an Odell jersey. I I paid hundreds of bucks for that jersey. It's staying in there. I ain't touching it anymore. Uh, but I'm not burning. I, I paid good money for. it. It's gonna stay the way it is. Uh, it'll be memorabilia. It'll be like when fans remember Odell when he comes back.
3: I'll Venmo you. I'll Venmo you fifty bucks right now to burn it,
0: Danny. All right, I'll give you my Venmo and I'll burn it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till Friday when I get paid. Civil Man Radio Twitter page. I'll be looking Friday morning.
3: It be so late burn. that it would be huge. It's like, dude, they got traded like three months ago. Like the whole Giants fans can't get over it thing would be really put on us. Like, dude, you're burning the jersey three months afterwards.
1: <laughs> It'll be good to talk about on the show. But like, look at this idiot burning his jersey. Oh, wait, that's Danny.
3: You know what we should do is we should burn a Baker Mayfield jersey and be like, I just came back from the future. Look at this video.
2: So, sorry, <laughs> Cleveland fans. <laughs> All right, next word, MetLife Stadium.
1: Garbage. I like it. I like it. The, the, the design is awful i mean come on like i'm walking to it you see mercedes-benz stadium in atlanta that thing is like a palace down there you arrive to medlife stadium it's just like metal grates on the outside it's like we're the new york jo- there's two teams in the stadium we can't put a few more million dollars into it to build a nicer design stadium and also i mean i know like outdoor games are fun but like i was at two games last year it was pouring rain on us like i want a dome just give me a dome. Like, that's just me being wet. So I, I, I like MetLife Stadium. Like, on Sundays, it's the most beautiful stadium. But, like, out of, out of that, it's like, man, this stadium is ugly.
3: <laughs> Danny just ripping Giant MetLife. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to go. My word association is the Giant Insider Podcast. Shout out to them because that's literally how our rivalry started, even though I don't dislike them anymore. Um, I don't want to give that whole story. But, basically, they said something about the stadium – I made a joke and it all went downhill from there.
0: We are also enemies of the Giant Insider Podcast.
3: I actually reached out to them; and they never got back to me. But it is, wow! It is.
1: They blocked right. me for no reason. I just looked on their page one day and I'm blocked. I'm like, what? Wait, am I the only one here who's not blocked by them?
0: It's because you're not tweeting, David. <laughs> That's true. <laughs>
2: That's Guaranteed, they're
0: gonna they're gonna see that some kind of other podcast is in your bio, and then that's gonna be like a no. Well,
2: I actually I actually have tweeted at them, and I actually have replied to things that they've tweeted, and we've had good conversations about it.
0: They hate me for good reason. Like, I'm I, enemy. Listen. I'm an
2: enemy of the state,
3: apparently. So, <laughs> like I, I I won't go into it, but they hate me for good reason. I was pretty ruthless.
2: It was a petty Bobby day.
3: It wasn't even that. It was just me <laughs> trying to crack jokes, and they got mad, and I was. Like, oh, you're mad? Well, I'm going to double down on this. Like, I made fun of them, like, using, like, the word, like, his name, Chris, in parentheses. Like, I just went in on that. Like, it's so dumb by me. Anyways, I've, lo- I've learned my lesson, though. Don't mock people that you might, like, try to do work with eventually. That's why I haven't said anything about Bleeding Blue yet. <laughs> oh, wow. Just kidding,
0: fellas. I love you all. Yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> in fact,
3: I've said way more worse things to you, Justin, than I have ever, Giant Insider. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Bobby. I appreciate that. Well, yeah, Well, I know you can, I know you can take it when I, when I, when I could bust balls a little bit. Well, also, I mean, here's, here's, how I, here, here's how I look at it. When Curtis Riley replied to my tweet and called me a fat boy.
2: Greatest moment of my life. That was amazing.
0: <laughs> it got me clout. It got me attention. The video got, over, video got like a couple hundred views. It wasn't going to do anything if Curtis Riley didn't reply to it. So I'm like, thank you, Curtis Riley. I'm kind of rooting for you now, but I hate milk.
3: <laughs> I do too. I've only had one glass of milk my entire life, besides you know as a child. But yeah, since since I since I was off the bottle, I've only had one glass of milk.
2: I don't eat give, cereal
3: because I don't drink milk.
2: Give it about a month, and Justin's going to have a whole gallon of it. And it's going. I know. Be I can't wait. I told him earlier one. that
3: I'm forcing him to drink it because
2: the Raiders are awful, and he's going to make the team. <laughs> I
0: can't hand, wait for it. My hand is in my face right now. Um. All right. Our There's next milk in that face eventually. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, next name or next word, Ben McAdoo.
3: The most I've ever disliked someone in sports ever. I, I mean, the Eli benching, I mean, it, it was the most like I've ever di- – I mean, because, listen, you, the guys that you were a fan of in your childhood, there's always specials. something. like Jason Kidd, I don't care how bad of a head coach he is. I always want him to get a job. Like, I'll always be a Jason Kidd stand. Um, and Eli Manning, he's like the only guy left from my childhood that I was a fan of. And at that time, it's like for Geno Smith, it just didn't make any sense. I mean, I watched Eli Manning videos all night. Um, in fact, I, I made an oath that as long as Eli Manning is a quarterback or Tom Coffin's the head coach, I will always predict the Giants to win the game. And that was the first game in the past, um, since 2006 that I predicted the Giants to lose and I boycotted it.
1: Uh, so, so there's a lot of words I could use for Ben McAdoo, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna use the, the you know the piece of and then I'm gonna you know bleep you all know what that P O S. Hey. I actually shed a tear watching Eli's uh, emotional conference in his locker room. I was like, I'm crying about an NFL quarterback getting banned for one game, but the reason <laughs> it just to also the logical aspect, Geno Smith, he was never the answer. Daily News released an article that year saying. Geno Smith can be the next Drew Brees. I'm like, what are we smoking right now, everyone? Like, what, what do we have that day? And now, if it was Davis Webb, I feel like the reaction, yes, it would have been bad. But people would have been like, all right, it could be the future. But Geno Smith, we all saw what he brought to the Jets. He, he's nothing. Ben McAdoo was a terrible coach, and who knows what he's doing right now. He's probably just sitting down and just laughing at the Giants, actually. Him
3: and Geno Smith are talking about their flat-earth theories.
0: <laughs> oh uh, that's that's coming to brooklyn Kyrie Irving.
3: i know <laughs> <laughs> you don't I understand how stupid. many people that i've met in like real life that actually think the earth is flat in fact when people bring it up i literally like will dodge that conversation as quick as possible
1: i called him stupid and now i'm like but now he's on a team I'm like all right you know his opinion is valid it matters everyone's opinion matters
3: <laughs> i don't care if my players are idiots as long as they're good <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right next one yes sir so this next one, um, Justin and I went back and forth a little bit whether we we're going to whether or not we were going to include it, and I I just absolutely love asking people what they think when they hear this name, Matt Dodge. My I head
1: have a go, You go, you go, you go for it first, Danny. Uh, hot, hot garbage, hot garbage. How so I'm going <laughs> to describe that guy? Tom Coughlin told you to just punt it out of bounds. You're not good. You can't punt it inbounds if you just suck at punting. And then watching Deshaun De- Jackson just run that down, doing the high kicks into the end zone, waiting to run in. He's like, I'm not going in yet. It, it was the most infuriated thing I've ever seen. And just Tom Coughlin going up to Matt Dodge and just ripping him one, just was and, – and every year the NFL posts that clip. And I'm like, why? Just stop posting it. It's over. <laughs> but now he's back in Philly. He's going to do something again to us. I can tell. Oh, yeah.
3: What's crazy is we had Jeff Eagles before that forever. Like, he, he played – I think he's played the most games in a row in NFL history, Jeff mm-hmm. Eagles And then it's like, all right, let's try this Matt Dodge kid out. Um, now, what I think about is my friend who, like, every single year – or every single – like, I'll go over his house, and he'll just play, he'll just play Deshaun Jackson scoring a touchdown for me. And he's not even an Eagles fan. He's a Dolphins fan. But he just does that to me and makes me watch it. So, that's – I think of my buddy when that happens. So, just – a rough day. I remember I I being at my grandpa's house that day, and I don't go to my grandparents a lot, and they're up, what, like 31-7? It's like, yep, yeah, Giants. Giants winning this game, and then like heading back home before the game ends. and It's like, it's tied, and then we lose. Bad day.
0: Your favorite Giants player of all time?
1: Bobby, you go first.
0: Uh, let's see. Well, you know, I was a, I was a fan
3: when Kerry C- Collins was a quarterback, but I wasn't like a diehard football fan at the time. Um, I guess I'll say Eli Manning, um, because that's the easy one. You know, he was, I was in like seventh grade when he was drafted. And that's when I started getting big in the sports. But to, to say anyone besides Eli Manning, um, it was actually Jeremy Shockey. I was a huge Jeremy Shockey fan coming out of Miami. Uh, you know, he was a beast at the time, even before Eli came. I mean, he was like a top three tight end at the time. And then as you get older, you're just like, I don't know. I don't really have favorite players anymore. So I'll have to go Jeremy Shockey, but it's weird. The Giants are my number one team, but there's really not, like, a player that, like, I associate them. It's just the Giants. Whereas, like, the Nets, Jason Kidd. The Devils, Marty Brodeer. Yankees, Jeter. And then the Giants. It's just like, I just love the Giants. But, yeah, I'd say Eli Manning, because he's, like, the... He's, like, my... I associate him with my Giants childhood.
1: Uh, I'm gonna gonna go with uh, Jason Pierre, Paul. Not now, obviously. He's not as good as he was then, but He was just, that 2011 year, blocking the field goal, just how key of defensive player he was, being a leader back then. I just really looked up to Jason Pierre-Paul, like, man, that guy, he's just so good at what he does. Then, obviously, he blew off his hands, and now he broke his neck this Mm. offseason. It's it's not a good offseason for Jason, but I I still root for Jason, even though he's in Tampa. I was bummed to see him get traded, but, I mean, he wasn't really contributing much. But I had fond memories of Jason Pierre-Paul back in the day.
3: Yeah, and I don't judge people that – to have firework accidents. (laughs) Bobby, you love fireworks. Yeah. I I, I had a firework accident this year, but I, I said, I don't judge people because it's stuff happens. Sometimes stuff happens uh... when you're, you know, have a, you know, a $70 million contract on the line, but stuff does happen. Oof.
0: Oof. All right, David, (laughs) you want to, you want to ask a random question and then we're going to have our last word associate word association. And then we're going to wrap up.
2: Okay. this, This, it goes along with favorite giants player of all time. So, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about my own favorite player of all time and I I find myself with all the usual suspects. You know, you got Eli Manning, Michael Strahan, all these guys. I want to ask, it's, it's what I think of as the, the chase Blackburn player. So who is your favorite giant that like really wasn't very good, but just kind of encapsulated what you love about the giants and what you love about, the game of football, or some this guy just did this really well, and I loved him for it, and he got us wins. Un- unsung players, for me, okay. it's Chase Blackburn. That's what I was. That's why it made me think of it.
3: That's Chase Blackburn's a really good one, and he's like a really good person too. Now, while you were saying before, you even said that, I was thinking like, man, Brandon Jacobs, I really liked him, mm. um, but I don't think he he doesn't fall into that category. So I'm gonna go, you know, running back, now, fullback, no. Tight end, maybe a Kevin Boss on the O-line. Like, I look at all five of those guys on that O-line were studs. Defense, all those guys were studs. Uh, linebacker. Oh, Kuiqa Mitchell. I really mm-hmm. like Kuiqa mm-hmm. Mitchell. That yeah. that interception against the Bills. Yeah. Like, he was just kind of a guy that was in the right place at the right time. Um, he ended up getting a contract after that. Like, just Kuiqa Mitchell. It's like, like, when you think of him, you think of this. You don't even think of, like like, oh, what a career. You just think of winning a Super Bowl. Yeah.
1: Wow, yeah, that, that's a good question. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like his choice really isn't as inspiring. But just Ant- Antrell Roll, I was just a big fan of Antrell mm-hmm. Roll. He was a big leader to this team and in that safety position as well. He was a really last good safety until we got landed Collins. So I was a big fan of Antrell Roll, just the leadership he brought to the team and how he helped us win games.
3: Nice. Ram- Ramses Barden was supposed to be that guy, but no. it didn't happen. <laughs> well, don't Hopefully. get Justin started.
0: The next I, classical Burris. Um, oh, I, I held
3: out on Barden forever. I mean I, I, I held on to that as long as I could.
0: <laughs> All right. Our final word association question. The 2019 New York football giants season. Greatness. Ooh. Oh man.
3: I think what my reaction right there is what it is. It's like I don't I don't know. Like I really don't like. I feel like the ceiling is, the ceiling is high and the floor is low with this team. I mean, so many things. Um, but I'll use my head and I'll say the start of the Daniel Jones era.
0: Oh, oh! I love it. Nice. I love it, Bobby. Danny, thank you so so much for coming on. Um, especially this this ran certainly longer than than what I thought, and I appreciate you sticking around. I appreciate the enthusiasm. Talking Giants, as of right now, has 23 five-star ratings on the Apple Podcast app. They don't ask for it every single episode. Here at Bleeding Blue, I do ask for it because I'm a jerk. G- please, go give Talking Giants a five-star – no, not just give them a five-star rating. Write them a nice review. Tell them that you really enjoyed the episode with Bleeding Blue, and you would love to have uh, Justin on, the sh- on their show again. Tell them that. Yeah. Yeah, do that, and – uh Get Talking Giants up on the five-star ratings. Support your local fan podcast because we work really hard. Uh, Bobby and I, Danny, David, we all work really really hard at what we do. Um, We think that we do a good job. Uh, We hope that you all enjoy it. We want to keep on growing that fan community and that fan perspective. And um, keep on bleeding blue, fellas, and let's go, Big Blue. Let's go, Big Blue. Appreciate it, guys. A lot of fun. All right. We will be back next week. We will be starting our previewing the giants where every single day we will have a giants episode previewing a certain giants player that will be starting July 31st. Is that next week? I have no, I have no clue. I have no sense of time, but this week or next week is giants training camp. So go giants. I never know how to wrap up a podcast. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Peace.